0: Yellich sends one to right, center indeed, get up, get up, get up. Love Brewer fans, welcome to the Brewers Trilogy podcast. I'm your host Tyler here to recap the sweep of the Pirates. So, in case you did not hear the Brewers yet, but it is expected that you will for the start of the Braves series to get all of your. Ed- I was joined with Francisco Castro of Walkin' Off Pod and Bernie Pleskoff of the Scouts, current writer at orbs and Wire, and does some work for emmy.com all about and what it all entails and, and what it means for the brewers going forward which of course during trades in that change upcoming brave series so check that podcast out for all of that recaps but this is going to be just focused on the pirates series so as always i'll get into my game and game one was a nine to zero shutout win and it was eventful leading up to the game. The Brewers were delayed in arriving to Pittsburgh. They had to undergo COVID testing. And then as a result, Jace Peterson was placed on the seven-day close contact IL. Christian Yelich placed on the 10-day COVID list. He was diagnosed with it despite being vaccinated. Uh, but then on the bright side, Lorenzo Cain was activated and Luis, or Angel Perdomo, excuse me, was sent down to the minors as a result. On the Pittsburgh side of things, Tyler Anderson was rumored to be traded right before the game, and he was their starting pitcher for that game. But then the trade blew up prior to first pitch, so the the Pirates ended up not trading him. He ends up getting traded later on, uh, and then they they pitch Avito instead, and he just got absolutely rocked in this game. The Brewers hit him and all his fellow teammates really hard. We scored eight runs in the first two innings. Omar Narvaez had four RBIs in those first two innings. He had a two-run homer and then a two-RBI single. Robert Tellez had a two-RBI single and then added a third RBI with a home run in the ninth. Lorenzo Kane in his first game back. His first hit was a single, and that drove in a run, so that was encouraging. And Kane ended up having two hits in this game. He had a diving catch in center field as well, a big old not-today moment on his first game back. Uh, so certainly a very good and encouraging sign out of Lorenzo Cain Kane- in his first game back. And he spent a lot of time on the IL. Uh, I believe it with, that, with that hamstring injury, and he missed all of last season. So he has not played a lot of baseball. So that's kind of why his IL stint was, I don't want to say dragged out, but it was longer than I think you would normally see. And he was able to get through all three of these games healthy, which is obviously very encouraging. Game two was a 7-3 to three win. Really another blowout victory in which the Brewers came out hitting. Wong and Adamas both singled to begin this game. Then Narvaez hit a ball right on the screws that sadly ended up being a double play. Uh, But then Garcia was able to pick him up. He had an RBI single in that first inning. Lorenzo Cain contributed more runs in this game, a two RBI double in the fourth. Luis Urias doubled in two runs in the sixth. And by the time we got to the seventh inning, it was 7-0. Adrian Hauser was on the mound. He pitched well, went five innings of work, allowed only three base runners. Eric Lauer piggybacked with him. He struggled a bit with command as he walked two batters in the three innings that he worked, gave up just one earned run to Rodolfo Castro. And similarly in the ninth, uh, we decided to pitch Josh Hader, who had not pitched in what felt like a month. (laughs) But he needed some work, and he too gave up a home run to Rodolfo Castro. This time that was a two-run homer, so that's how that one ends up, 7 to 3 in this one. And then game three was a 12-0 victory. <laughs> you're going to laugh because I'm going to tell you that I was only able to watch the first six innings of this game, which you're like, okay, six innings, that's... Two-thirds of the game, that's not too bad. Well, at that point, it was 6-0 to when I stopped watching. I was able to watch all of Freddy Peralta pitch, which he was absolutely incredible. He threw only 68 pitches in six innings pitched, struck out five, walked one. He had the changeup working on an all-new level today. It was really good to see him utilize that pitch because mainly we think of him using that slider curveball grip and him just kind of manipulating and depending on how he throws it but mixing in the change up today and being that effective the Pirates are swinging a lot early and if it wasn't such a blowout he obviously would have continued to go on in this game with I mean 68 pitches after six innings he probably would have threw a shutout at that point you would have to think if all kept flowing well uh, but only goes six and you know I'm gonna say only in quotations there And and as long as we're on the topic of Freddie Peralta, this start lowered his ERA to 2.17. You look at the other starters in the Brewers rotation. Brandon Woodruff is at 2.14. Corbin Burns at 2.12. So 0.05 is what separates all three of our starters. Freddie Peralta has the third lowest ERA on this pitching staff. And I think there was a stat on like, 28 other MLB teams he would be first so that's just absolutely insane you take a look at strikeouts Corbin Burns is 146 Brandon Woodruff 146 Freddy Peralta 145 the only caveat I'll add with that is that Corbin Burns missed a few starts uh, with that stint when he's on the COVID injury list early in the year and Freddy Peralta missed a few maybe missed one start And then he was eased back in after his last start after the All-Star break. So uh, definitely some really cool stuff there that's going out of our pitching staff. Freddy Peralta is starting to make history. He now has the most starts in a sin allowing two hits or fewer in history. That's including the American League and the National League. So you're like, there's no way Freddy Peralta is outbeating Nolan Ryan, right? Well, he is. Nolan Ryan owns the top two most starts in a single season with two hits or fewer at ten and eleven. That was set in '86 and '91. Freddie Peralta's at twelve already this year, and he's gonna make a lot more starts. So that is really encouraging. There, I have always talked about the possibility of Freddie Peralta getting some Cy Young votes. I think that solidifies that. I still think out of the other two, in terms of like Burns and Woodruff, he's the. Outlier, He would get the least amount of Cy Young votes, which is crazy when I just said he made history compared to Nolan Ryan. <laughs> but that just tells you how good Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff have been. And I do expect him to get some votes. But anyway, back to this game. Like I said, it was six to nothing when I initially stopped watching. Manny Pina has two home runs in this game, five RBIs. Tyrone Taylor in his first start of the series he did very well, had three hits uh, and five at bats, a double and an RBI. Rowdy Tellers continues to slug the ball, and Lorenzo Kane had RBIs in all three games. <laughs> so what a way to come back from the IL for Lorenzo Kane. Not gonna dive a whole lot more further into that game. Obviously it was a 12 to nothing blowout. Uh, I guess the only other play I would like to highlight, Luis Urias had a spectacular defensive play in this game. He was playing third base. He had to backhand the ball, so going towards the foul line. And he didn't do a jump throw, but I, I can't remember who was running for the Pirates. But he used the grass as to kind of help keep the ball speedy because it was like a 4 or 5 hopper. And it was right on the line to Tellez, but got the runner out by at least a good two steps yet. So the arm strength on that throw was incredible. The Just to be smart enough to you know not put a lot of air on it and, and sail it, he, he used the grass to his advantage and that was really cool to see. And speaking of cool to see, you should be seeing Built Bar come through in your mailbox. You should be ordering them. They are a great tasting protein bar and we are giving you 10% off your order. All you have to do is use a promo code TRILOGY at checkout. Make sure you let me know what your favorite flavors are. There's a ton of them to choose from chocolate, chocolate raspberry, mint, eh, peanut butter, whatever you can imagine. They have it. Let me know your favorite and make sure you use the promo code Trilogy. You get 10% off your order, and that 10% adds up if you keep doing it over and over again. So make sure you are taking full advantage of that. Just like the Brewers took full advantage of this Pirates series, 28 runs in three games. The offense obviously came to life, but you really can't negate the pitching. I mean, we shut the Pirates out twice, (laughs) so two shutouts, game one and game three, and then only allowed three runs in the middle game there. So, spectacular stuff. I mean, obviously, like, guys like Josh Hader, Devin Williams had to get some work in this one, but, like, our other starters, Brent Anderson did well. He went six innings, only gave up three hits and a walk. Adrian Hauser, who I talked about, did well. Eric Lauer piggybacked off him, struggled with command a little bit, but still only gave up one earned run off a solo homer. And, you know, of course, with the lead so big, we're, we're throwing all of these other guys, like, Miguel Sanchez goes two innings here in the series. Gustave pitches two innings. So we're really preserving the bullpen here. Obviously, that is kind of worrisome. Like, yeah, you want to get Jake Cousins some work. You want Boxberger to get work. Um, But I think their time is going to come here. Those guys are used a ton, and I would fully expect them to be used here now that we're out of this Pirate series and into some more meaningful baseball because – The Pirates just played scared this entire series. Like they're like, am I gonna get traded? Who's gonna go? I don't even wanna be here. Like that that's just the vibe I got out of this Pirates team. It was a very dismal series and I think the Brewers just really caught him at the right time because the trade deadline when you're on a team as bad as the Pirates is there's a lot going through your mind. We'll just kinda leave it at that. As for the offensive sides of things, I'm gonna pick an MVP for this series on the offensive side because there was just a ton of offense in this series. And you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with Rowdy Tellez. Goes 6-13, two doubles, two walks, five RBIs here. So that is some really good stuff out of him. And he wasn't the only one with five RBIs. Manny Pena had five RBIs in one game. So that was, that. was that's pretty funny. Uh, obviously, Garcia... With the exception of the third game was doing really well, went 5 of 14 this series here, had a double, two RBIs, Luis Urias, 3 of 12, two of his were for doubles, drove in two runs, and then I mentioned Lorenzo Kane, 4 of 12, 6 RBIs, and a walk. Lorenzo Cain, you know, that's an interesting debate. Now I'm going to think about it. Lorenzo Cain or Rowdy Telles, like Which one of these guys getting going is going to be more meaningful for the Brewers going forward? Oh, that's tough because on one end you have Tyrone Taylor, who if Lorenzo Cain at falter, I think should be the favorite to get a lot of starts in center field. Tyrone Taylor has displayed a lot of power and has been playing really well despite the limited sample size he has gotten so far this year. And Groudy Telles is just on an absolute tear over the last, like, three weeks. And it was it showed this series, he's got a real nice, easy swing. Probably would have had more home runs in this series if that freaking... Ra- uh, but in terms of who is going to be more meaningful going forward, I mean, we just acquired Eduardo Escobar and... Funny enough, Escobar has never played first base, but I feel like that's where the Brewers are going to use him the most, because at least Sirius is doing very well at third base, especially defensively. He's playing really well offensively. So obviously I think Escobar will get some starts over there. He's played a lot of third base, whereas Escobar has never played first base. But once Tellez starts slumping a little bit, Which I think is going to happen. It's inevitable. He he's in a really good streak right now. You know, we saw Jace Peterson go on this streak for a while, where he was the man, and then he cooled down. Uh, It's coming for Tella's. That's baseball is just a game of streaks like that. Um, So then I think Escobar. Uh, will be playing a lot more first base when that time comes. So I'm going to for the, say for that reason, Lorenzo King getting going is going to be more meaningful for this Brewers team. He obviously provides a lot of veteran experience. I think he was the, uh, the ALCS MVP with the Royals one year. I believe that's a fact. So he's got a lot... Obviously, he has lots of good postseason experience. He was a World Series champ with the Royals there. Um, so getting him his bat going we know he's going to contribute defensively but just to have him start getting on base i don't know if he'll ever work his way up to the top of the order this year like he had been like what we were used to in 2018 but to kind of be that second leadoff man later in the lineup you know, whether it's in the eight spot or even six or seven, get on base for, you know, like Elise Arias who's been slugging the ball pretty well this year. Uh that, that has a lot of value in it as well. And it really just kind of lengthens this lineup overall. So I think getting Lorenzo Kane going would be the best thing for the Brewers. In terms of a series dud, woof, this is absolutely tough. It I can't really pick a pitcher by any means. I mean, yeah, sure. Josh Hader gave up a home run and two earned runs, but it was in garbage time. Josh Hader was—I don't want to say messing around, but you know, he was. It was seven to one at that point. He's not—he's—he's he's more willing to try certain things. And I believe that home run he gave up was off a middle-middle slider. Um, so maybe just trying to you know, make sure he still got a feel for that slider gives up a homer. I, not a big deal. I'm not too worried about it. So I guess I'm going to have to pick an offensive player for a series dud, which is really hard to do because everybody did so well. Um, But just in retrospect, kind of bouncing back off of Kane, his counterpart, JBJ in the series went 0 for 5 with a strikeout, uh, only started one game, and he just has not got it going all year. There is a lot of speculation that fans want him moved to the trade deadline. As this podcast is coming out on Friday, is at three o'clock Central Time, so we'll see what ends up happening there. And speaking of the trade deadline, you know, we're just going to do a quick roundtable MLB discussion here, quick, rather than uh, preview the Braves in you know kind of its entirety, because what's going around the MLB right now is insane. As I've recorded this it's already been official that Kyle Schwarber is heading to Boston that does not affect me or affect us a whole lot but the Nationals are in sell mode so you know there are other players that we could get from the Nationals. one of those guys being Daniel Hudson which as I'm recording this the Padres are reportedly close to a deal nothing has been official and that's reported by AJ Casavell. We'll see if anything breaks there by morning. So maybe it's a little outdated by the time this podcast is coming out. And then, of course, the absolute blockbuster deal that will have an impact on us. The Dodgers get Max Scherzer and Trey Turner from the Nationals for a bunch of prospects. So the Dodgers get a... They deepen their starting pitching staff, which... We don't know what the future holds for Trevor Bauer. If you don't know what's going on for him, just Google it. You can you can read all about it. There's a lot of graphic stuff going on with that. I don't really want to get into it, but he is not available. We'll just leave it at that for the Dodgers. So, they had Max Scherzer who obviously is an insane dude to have I believe it was Scherzer who got the last outs of the World Series when the Nationals won it in 19, I believe. So he's been used in that role before. Trey Turner, obviously a very big impact bat So the richer get rich here in the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers, the Padres, they are just adding a ton of talent, and neither one of them is leading the NL West, which is just crazy. The Dodgers are, or not, excuse me, the Giants are leading. And in fact, they just won a series against the Dodgers. They shut them out the other day. They got shut out by Johnny Cueto. So that that's just bizarre. Obviously, the division is still for anyone's taking. The Giants have surprised people a lot, and it's very likely that three teams get in from the NL West. It's going to be very hard for, say, this team, as in the Braves, who we are playing this coming weekend, to secure that final wild card spot. They're a, they're a long ways out from that, but um, you know the Braves are not out of contention. They're only less than four games, or exactly four games, back of the Mets. For the NL East. So their best chance is at winning the division, not necessarily the wild card, because that is going to be one crazy finish to that division and and how that all shakes out. And you really just have to hope that those three teams in the NL West beat each other up. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening there anyway. Hopefully the Brewers are able to make another move here as we approach on Friday. Would like to see us add a reliever yet. After Kendall Graveman went, I really wanted Brad Hand or Daniel Hudson. It appears both of those guys are already going to be gone, which is kind of disappointing. So Ian Kennedy, maybe. We've talked about him for a while. He seems to be... You know, maybe a guy to targets. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if the Brewers go starting pitcher either. Um, I really like our bullpen and the players that we have there right now. And kind of adding a little sense of security in that starting rotation would be nice. Especially getting to a best of seven series. uh, It would be nice not to have to throw out a Lauer or an Anderson just saying so uh, there is some value in adding a starting pitcher uh, someone who can help prevent runs and and fit the mold of this team which i think uh, the brewers would do a obviously a very good job at acquiring should they go that route but we'll see what they end up doing so the trade deadline obviously is friday here at three o'clock i'm heading on vacation here friday after work so assuming the brewers make a move on friday i will not have an emergency podcast it will come out and i will recap it with my braves recap that'll be coming out on monday so stay tuned for that and yeah we should have lots to talk about at that point brave series trade deadline review a lot will happen here in the next 24 hours